Resident Evil Lighting Specialist to Arc Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Nilo Kasimiran Eriksson joins us from Uppsala, Sweden, where he is co-founder and product manager for Dirac Research. Dirac is the developer of the Dirac Live room correction system that is used by the world's leading AV receiver and sound processor brands to correct frequency and phase distortion caused by loudspeakers and room acoustics. Around the time that this podcast is dropping, Dirac will be at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, officially unveiling Dirac Live Active Room Treatment, which is designed to address bass residents and room decay time in home theaters and home entertainment rooms. We've never really explored Dirac's technology or digital signal processing in depth on the podcast, so I felt like this announcement was the perfect entree into that discussion. Nilo Kasimiran Eriksson, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. It's my pleasure. Now, full disclosure, you and I spoke about a week before this recording, specifically about the announcement about Direct Live Active Room Treatment. And that's when I realized that uh, there was a lot more to talk about, and I kind of wanted to share it with our podcast audience We're definitely going to cover how direct research was formed out of your PhD work. But before we get there, I wanted to go back a little bit further. Prior to your time at Uppsala University in Sweden, what were the earliest indications that you would one day go into audio, acoustics, or digital signal processing as a career? Wow. Yeah. Great question. I, I haven't really thought about that going that far back i mean if, if, if uh, when i usually get this question i i it all starts like 20 years ago when when we founded the company uh, but um now you have to say it and i i think a bit more um i, I maybe with many others i i used to have a walkman <laughs> um i also remember my uh, at my at my flat where I lived when I was uh, little, uh, we had a you know stack stereo stack with a you know what you had in the eighties, uh, including an equalizer. So it's well the stereo ten or eleven band equalizer, um, and I remember I I was fiddling around with that trying to figure out like the best sound, but I didn't know I didn't have a clue of what you were supposed to do that. So you know, I always ended up with the smiling. Curve <laughs> yeah. on that, so um, yeah, I'm guilty of that as well. Well, you're you're fancy. You had ten. I had five. So that that's a uh, that's a lot more to mess up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the brand. I think it was a Yamaha or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So so that so that's a early little teaser about maybe something you'd get into and learn a lot more. Um, yeah. But but then you you go into. Uh, I guess at the university level, do you start getting into physics or what is your uh, initial study before you go into the PhD program later? Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's an uh, um, uh, education or uh, at the university called uh, engineering physics. So it's like applied uh, physics uh, on engineering problems. So you read about quantum mechanics, uh, differential equations, um, all that kind of good stuff. 
and uh, there are also some more applied uh, courses, uh, including uh, image uh, compression, neural networks, uh, um, very interesting stuff, um, and uh, control theory and signal processing. And that's where I really, you know, understood and realized what what you can do with mathematics, basically. So you, you, you do measurements, you, you make captures of the real world and digitize them, and then you could do stuff there and improve the, the real world, so to say, uh, with, with those results. Um, so, yeah, that definitely led me in the right direction. Uh, but to actually start the company that we have now, uh, was more of a team thing. Right. Um, we were uh, not doing acoustics at the at the time. We were doing uh, digital radio communications. So basically, working on on like four G uh, mobile networks at that time, and, and the the wireless part, like a base station talking to to a mobile. And the thing was that in in that area we applied. Uh, technologies, uh, filtering technologies to uh, make sure that the, the signal that arrives at the mobile uh, can be restored to, to what it was intended and you can decode the message that it could be like a, a speech or it could be a text message or uh, data transfer in some way. I mean, back in, back in those days, you were not talking about mobile internet or uh, 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 these kind of things that we're doing now with uh, like Teams meetings. Um, so what we thought, um, what 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 was going on then was that the 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 base station, which is like the big antenna uh, that's standing somewhere, is transmitting stuff to to the mobile, and the mobile is, is moving around. Um, there is a way to sort of pre-distort. The, the 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 message that's going from the base station, so that when it arrives in in the mobile, it's sort of right. Uh, it's um, it's taking into account whatever distortion happens on the way, and that um, takes away the effort from from the mobile to to do that kind of processing because you have all the all the power in the base station. So we thought that could be maybe applied to speakers. So the, the, the loudspeaker and the amplifier and, the, and a DSP somewhere in the chain could be the base station and your ears are the mobile. So can we somehow pre-distort the sound? So when you hear it, it's correct. And what we then started to work on was like a proof of concept and it worked, uh, maybe not always, uh, it wasn't very robust, but enough to make like, demos. And uh, we made demos to, to investors uh, that were interested. Uh, they told us, hey, you need to participate in this. Uh, you need to build, uh, you need to make a business plan around that. And we did. And, uh, and when I say we, we were a team from, from the university. So we were uh, six people, three, uh, four students and, and two professors. And uh, so there was a business plan contest that we participated in and we uh, eventually won that in, in Sweden. 
And that's when we decided to, uh, yeah, let's make a company around that. But we still had like, uh, I, I had like four years still on my PhD. Mm. So it was a, a slow start. Okay. And we're talking late 90s, early 2000s um, around yeah. that time. Okay. Exactly. And uh, I, when I was looking into the company a little bit further for to come up with questions so I don't sound completely out of my uh, realm here, um, I learned a good story behind the company name, which I didn't know. Um, mm. Not being well-versed in theoretical physics, I wasn't familiar with uh, um, the Nobel, Nobel laureate, Paul Dirac. Um, right. What was it that his... What was his uh, his achievement that uh, inspired the company name? Yeah, so uh, when you're um, studying uh, quantum mechanics and all that, you, you talk about um, not being exactly sure about everything. You have this, um, what do you call it, um, uncertainty theory, um, that, like a particle is not always where you think it is and it's distributed. So that kind of distribution of energy um, it, you could you could uh, approximate with or, or it was described by this Dirac delta pulse the Dirac delta pulse um, and that can be uh, infinitely um, when you're certain about the location then it's infinitely um, thin and um, um, with unit energy so that in a way describes um, a transparent system. Um, it means that if 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 the system uh, distorts uh, a signal in the way as as a delta, uh, the, the direct delta function, then it doesn't distort it. It just passes it through, mm. and that's what we then realize that that's maybe the target you should have for a speaker system. So if you measure them in, in the way that you get the, um, uh, an impulse response out of the, the, the speaker in the room, you will see that it's far from that ideal spike that you inject in the, um, at the input. Um, and that spike is what you actually want to hear because that's how natural sound is, uh, is, is heard. Uh, like a natural instrument or a, a voice or a bird or something uh, or an explosion. So that became like the inspiration to uh, to correct for the speakers and the, the room acoustics. We want to restore that direct delta function to, to the system so, so that it doesn't distort the sound. Okay. So I know that your focus... Um is quite diverse after that because you you now have your your patent sound solution technology spans across mobile mobile gaming virtual reality augmented reality headphones streaming automotive and commercial AV as well as the residential channels so um where were your first successes was it in the residential market or did you find success elsewhere first in a different area yeah, great question. Um, we started off with, with the residential thing, and that's where we did the demos, and that's where we got traction. Uh, and But where it took off like commercially to begin with, and that's actually still our uh, number one uh, 
basis that, that we you know earn uh, on it's automotive so we took that uh, speaker demo and we went to to germany to munich and met with the bmw folks the the people responsible for the audio systems in in the at bmw and they liked the demo and they gave us a chance uh, so they lent us a car and said hey can you do that inside the car uh, for, for all these speakers. So we took that car back to, uh, to our lab. We had to rent a place to, to put the car in and um, we, we did all the all kinds of measurements to sort of figure out how to do this in the car. And yeah, so that was like the, the embryo of what we're doing today in, in automotive. Um, and, and actually the, the, the technology that we use then is what we still use today uh, and we call it direct live room correction. That's that impulse response correction. Uh, of course, we're you know improved and, and so on um, and refined it, but the baseline of that is the, the the same thing. It's the same basics. Impulse response correction. I want to kind of get into the the, the direct live a little more in depth, but I I find it interesting that your your focus as product manager is on the headphone um, category. Um, so. I think that's a, it's easier to kind of understand room correction as a thing because you're dealing with signals going through the air and reaching a speaker and time delays and things like that um, and, and other issues that cause sound to not really be as clear as it could be or should be. When you're dealing with a headphone, how does the technology change? Like, What are you doing to optimize the performance of a headphone? Right. So uh, again, it's it's about doing measurements to sort of get a diagnostic of uh, what the situation is. Uh, but then it has quite much in common with what we do in in uh, in room uh, room correction. Um, we have through the years uh, learned what people like uh, in, in terms of what we like uh, when we listen to headphones. Uh, the ones that I'm using now, uh, Sony, um, I, I think they're quite nice and good uh, in, in the way they sound. And what we have re realized uh, is that um, when you listen to headphones, a couple of things go missing. Uh, one thing is the the distance to, to, to speakers. And, and usually when, when listening to music, music has been produced with speakers in a studio, for example, right. studio monitors. And that's how, how the, the producer, the, 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 the creator, the artist has um, intended it to be heard. Um, and that goes missing in the headphone because you have the sound stage is like between your left and right ear and goes right through your head. Um, not at all what you have, uh, you know, the, the, the nice stage you have uh, when listening to speakers. And the other thing that goes missing is um, the, uh, the the room effect, the uh, the room gain, the, 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 the bass, the house curve, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also, I mean, if, if you don't intend, intentionally put it there, it's not going to be there in, in the headphones. Um, <clears throat> so th those are the things that we realized. And, and 
we, we just had to figure out like how do we put that back in there. Um, <clears throat> so um, one thing is we have an EQ curve um, so, so that we make the headphones sound uh, nice and, and comfortable and enjoyable. Um, but then to get this sound stage back, uh, we had to go, you know, to, to psychoacoustics, um, and, and we did experiments on that early on, like um, ten, more than ten years ago, hmm. um, where we did again measurements, uh, putting microphones in our ears, uh, playing test sounds at different places, and and analyzing the measurements and hey, what's going on? Yeah, and then. That led to what is called head-related transfer function. So it means that the sound that reaches your ears becomes colored and um, uh, delayed. Uh, you, you get a, a, a gain and delay thing plus a coloration of the sound um, that tells your brain where the sound is coming from. I, I, I suppose you, you know about that. Um, uh, that is used in, in virtual reality, for example, or augmented reality. Um, so making your brain believe that there's a bird flying over there when you're using headphones. Uh, when it's available in, in games or if you have a, a, a VR headset with, mm -hmm. with headphones. Um, so that we also put in our headphone tunings, but only only very sub subtle, um, and we call it um, spatial spatialization. Mm -hmm. So stereo spatialization is what we apply. Besides that house curve thing, uh, and that gives you definitely a more comfortable listening experience than just listening to plain stereo in, in your headphones. I used also to, to think about, um, so if you listen to uh, like uh, Beatles, for example, mm -hmm. uh, all recordings you have, it's it's hard pan music. You have the drums in the left and you have the guitar on the right and um, Paul McCartney, I think, uh, usually singing um, in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, in headphones, that's awful, especially now with, with the digital formats that you have such great channel separation between left and right. But if you think about it, back in those days, you had uh, the, the vinyl disc of people still use them. Uh, but there you have a channel separation of 10, 15 dB maybe only. So listening to headphones uh, on, a, on a, like a vinyl player is not as bad as listening to it in, in a digital or CD mm -hmm. uh, setting. So, I mean, it, it, it goes back to when vinyl, uh, the, the vinyl days as well. I mean, you, you, can, you can build a story on that as well. Um, it, 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 digital maybe ruined a bit of, of the uh, stereo and, and uh, uh, the headphone experience. Mm. So the goal is to make it, it sound sense? as natural as as much as a, a room experience would sound inside a headphone as you can, closer to the original recording um, experience. Right. So um, do you, when, when you're working with uh, a manufacturer of headphones, 
they obviously have their own design, which are physical attributes to the to the headphones, but then they've got sound signatures as well, right? So is there a way that you help to improve their experience without making it just kind of a vanilla sort of sounding technology, not to make it sound negative, but to make, you don't want it to be the same for every manufacturer because they want to have their own sound, right? Right, right. You're totally right. So how do you do so that? You, you could say the vanilla thing was, was a good um, analogy um, because there are always acoustical issues. And with the technology that we provide, you just take them away. Uh, okay. we, we take care of them digitally. And then you have this vanilla ice cream that you can put your topping on. Okay. So um, th- that's a really good analogy. So you're giving um, them sort of the base, mm-hmm. the baseline um, kind of improvements, and then they can enhance beyond that. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, or we, we do that in a collaborative. Collaborative. Fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not just handing them a, a, a software to implement. You're actually collaborating back and forth with uh, their yeah. design team. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, um, so I want to continue our conversation more about the residential space and Dirac Live. Um, but first, let's just take a short break. Do you want superior smart home automation at a great value? Shelly Wi-Fi relays by Alterco Robotics cover DC to line voltage, allowing you to control lights, outlets, appliances, garage doors, pumps, and much more. There are Shelly sensors and power measurement devices to help you measure temperature, humidity, lux, or motion and electrical consumption from single wire to three-phase with neutral. You can use Shelly with a licensed driver for Control 4, Elon, or other premium systems, as well as your customer's existing hub, voice assistant, or any platform that accepts REST, MQTT, or CoAP. Shelly can make IoT very easy. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington, or at ShellyUSA.com. Welcome back. We were talking with Nilo Casimiran Erickson, co-founder and product manager for Direct Research. Um, Nilo, switching back into the residential space, which is really our focus, um, you, you started to explain Direct Live a bit. Can you explain sort of how physical um, acoustics, the treatment in a room, may not be enough for proper acoustics in a room, why you need room correction in the first place? Yeah, uh, I think I, I can explain that. Uh, and and thing is that y- you can, of course, build a very nice room and have nice speakers and, and place them um, optimally for an enjoyable experience. Um, but it's not everybody's luxury to to be able to do that and sure. maybe the speakers have to stand where they are or maybe you cannot put up bass traps and and uh, um, diffusers and and all that stuff um, so in in those cases and i think also in some of the uh, uh, more uh, luxury cases as well digital room correction really uh, helps in 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 getting you there to, to the uh, right and nice experience, uh, then without having to rearrange everything uh, to to your favorite 
uh, or to the way that benefits the sound. So you, you do that in a, in a signal processing way instead. And how does uh, Direct Live actually work? It's implemented into um, pro sound processors and AV receivers. Um, and it's initially done as a, a process when you set up the room. You, it involves a microphone, correct? Um, do you move the microphone throughout the room? Does it stay in one central spot? Explain the procedure for those who have never worked with uh, a receiver with Dirac Live in it. Yeah, sure. So um, when when you want to set up uh, a, a speaker system uh, in your room, you usually have one place where you're going to sit. Like this is the center, the sweet spot, we call it. Um, and this is where everything is going to be optimal. Um, and that's also the place where you have to do the, the, the first measurement when you're using Direct Live. You, you use this microphone, uh, a measurement microphone, um, that you, you, you place a different position, but you begin with the, the spot where you're going to be sitting and you want to take a measurement like where your head would be. Um, what happens then uh, with our software is that a test signal is played through all the speakers and it's picked up by this microphone, obviously. So the the software then has like an, an acoustic image of of the speakers in that room, in that position, uh, in that microphone position. <clears throat> so uh, what you could easily do with that single measurement is to align all the speakers so that they sound equally loud and with equal uh, as equally distant, like uh, in terms of how long it takes for the, the signal to reach the microphone. And when you do that, you will have uh, a sense of all the speakers being at an equal distance and, and being equally powerful, so to say. Okay. Uh, so that's like the, the, the first measurement and what that does to you. Uh, but there's more to that. Uh, it's more to it to, to get a good uh, room response. Um, so we urge people, I mean, one, one microphone position is not enough because then you will have a, you, you can make a, a correction with one microphone position, but you will have a very, very good sound right there, but you're not sitting like in, in, in a vice uh, with your head. Uh, I heard that expression recently. Okay. Uh, uh, you're usually moving around. So you want to, take a few more measurements. Uh, also, maybe you have people sitting next to you that also want to have a nice experience. So uh, you would be taking similar measurements um, in a like 40, 50 centimeter grid around you where where you want the sound to be good. Um, and and focus on the on the on the area where you want it to be good. If, if you don't care, like over by the door over there, then don't measure over there. Just measure in, in this area, in the sofa, for example, or if you have an armchair. Um, and what you want to do with that is to get a good spatial average of all the speakers so that you have a good fingerprint of how the room uh, is handling your sound and, and how the speakers are also radiating and, and reflecting of different walls and, and, and ceiling and floor. Um, so you, you get some kind of diversity you get a, a better picture of of the room um, so with that 
you can also start doing what um, the the magnitude, like the frequency response correction, and most importantly, the uh, impulse response correction. And that's that's a thing I I think I need to explain. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, imagine you have a, a speaker with three um, three drivers. You have a tweeter, you have a mid range, and, and a woofer. Uh, when you take a measurement of that, uh, you may see that uh, the imp this impulse response I was talking about, the, the Paul Dirac thing, um, it doesn't look like an impulse. It looks like a, like a heartbeat or something. Hmm. Um, and that's that doesn't sound right. Uh, it doesn't sound natural. It maybe sound characteristic for a speaker, but uh, it, it doesn't sound right. Um, so uh, you can imagine, just as an example to, 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 to think what, what this does, is that the sound, imagine that the tweeter is a bit closer to you and the mid-range is a bit further away and the woofer is even further away. Then you will get like a, a high-frequency part and then you will get a, a mid-frequency part and then you get like the bass part of that impulse. And with direct live and, and picking up these measurements, that is uh, that is found. And with the the filter design that is uh, like behind the scenes in in direct live, we can realign those tweeter, mid range, and woofer uh, speakers with uh, in the digital domain, so that the, the tweeter, mid range, and woofer arrive at the same time. At the listening position, so you get that impulse uh, as it was intended by the artist. Maybe not by the speaker manufacturer, but um, by the artist. And that's what what you're referring to are those decay times. Um, so it it it's related to the decay times, um, okay. but it's also about like the the, the rise time uh, of the signal, like okay. how quickly it responds to uh, the, the energy that you inject. Um, like if it's slow to respond in the low frequencies or uh, things like that. Okay. It, it can realign that and, and you know, give that extra kick to the, to the bass to stay in line, so to say. Now, how much training, well, uh, I was just gonna ask, how much training does it uh, require for your professional um, installers to to use your system? Is it a fairly straightforward um, sort of tutorial process when they get started with a, with a product with direct live in it and they have the right equipment with the microphone? Yeah. So um, it, in order to, you know, be hundred percent successful, uh, you may need some experience like doing it a couple of times. Uh, but we, regard it as a as a consumer product okay so uh, it, it should be possible for for at least you know um, audiophiles uh, audio hobbyists people that you know care and and are willing to to, to spend some time uh, learning um, th they they can really you know dig into it okay. but we made it so that you can get like to 90% of, of the performance with within the, the, the your, your first attempt. Okay. Um, so 
we really try to make it uh, easy to uh, do the measurements um, with prop guides on and, and like a wizard step mm -hmm. by step. This is what you need to do uh, in order to collect those measurements. Um, it's it's not like just waving with with a with a mobile uh, using the the microphone in the mobile uh, because we're doing things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were just waving uh, a mobile phone around. Um, so it requires that you can position the the microphone mm -hmm. uh, at at a certain place with a stand, for example. Right. Um, at home, I don't have a, a proper microphone stand, so I, I usually have a small miniature tripod, mm -hmm. and I stack it up with pillows to sort of get <laughs> the right height. Uh, that's that's one way to do it. I have one of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so you you have um, I counted them up. You have almost uh, twenty five audio companies that use Drac Live compatible wow. products at this point. So I was impressed with how 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 far reaching your technology has gotten into the industry. Um, but now with this new um, announcement uh, that you're making at CES, which is a, you, you told me when we spoke before, it's not a brand new announcement. You've been kind of developing this for a little while, but it's official now, and you've got a a, a, a partner that's going to implement the the direct live active room treatment. Um, you had already been doing uh, direct live base control with direct live um, uh, before, so. What was it that was was missing that this new uh, solution um, corrects for with the base response on speakers? Right. So we we knew, uh, as you say, it's not the first time, uh, or it, this has been lingering around for for a while, and it goes back again to, to automotive, mm. where we developed uh, what we called. Um, now we can take the term for it. It's it's called MIMO. MIMO is a is an abbreviation for multiple input, multiple output. So MIMO control uh, means that you can use multiple speakers together to optimize the sound at multiple positions in in a car or in a living room. Uh, so we we know that if you let speakers cooperate with each other, like help. Uh, support in certain frequencies, for example, support each other in certain frequencies, mm -hmm. then you this impulse response correction that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you can make that even tighter than you can do with uh, a single speaker uh, on, uh, working alone, so to say. So what we uh, did like 15 years ago in automotive uh, in cars was uh, together with BMW and actually with Rolls-Royce, uh, we developed something we call direct dimensions uh, that <clears throat> could utilize all the speakers in, in a car uh, together to, to generate a wave front that um, resembles the wave front of a speaker which is further away than the, the actual car compartment. Um, so with that technology, we could create virtual speakers in a virtual room. So you could say it's, it's a way of doing virtual acoustics in, in car. Hmm. Um, so, so we knew that 
letting multiple speakers work together is a very powerful uh, tool. Um, that has gone through uh, a couple of iterations in um, what it can do. Um, uh, and what, what is different between a car and a, and a home environment is um, in a car, you know exactly where you're sitting, you know exactly where, where the speakers are. Um, and um, that, that means that it's a very robust environment. But in a, in a house, you have, we, we have to make this, uh, uh, people have to be able to do measurements. Uh, they don't have microphone arrays with 16 microphones that we use in a car, for example. Uh, you have one single microphone that you move around. Uh, and and the, the speakers move around, um, people move, and the, the furniture moves. So everything is, is different in, in a home, uh, in that sense, more, more dy dynamic in a way. So uh, we basically took what we did in the car and uh, tried to apply it in, in a home environment. And what we realized is that, yes, there is this reverb problem, the, the standing waves, the lingering bass that uh, distorts the, the bass in a way, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's, it's resonating in, in your room for longer than, uh, than it should. Um, and besides that, you have the, the, the problem that we solve with the bass control, that you have hot spots and cold spots uh, for uh, for the bass. So mm. at some points, um, some frequencies, you don't even hear them. Uh, whereas if you move the head just like this, you, you have much more energy in, in, in that bass frequency. So that's something we, we solve already with bass control. Um, so with active room treatment that we call this new thing, we can go even higher than the uh, in frequency uh, to, to get this evenness and to also get this like um, cancellation of the reverb in the in the room. So um, it works uh, up to a couple of hundred, like three hundred hertz, uh, robustly, uh, meaning that you can uh, skip using big bass traps mm. uh, in your room. So the, the speakers now, um, if you have a, a surround sound system, for example, uh, the speakers will work as, as um, reverb cancelers, you could say. Uh, you can make an analogy with um, active noise cancellation in, in headphones. Uh, active noise cancellation works by microphones picking up the noises uh, that are surrounding you and playing anti-sound. In, um, into your ear, so it, it cancels out whatever noise uh, it picks up. Um, and active room treatment works in a similar way, but we don't have microphones listening all the time because we know that side, because the, the, the signal that we want to hear is what is playing on the track and we're listening to, right? Hmm. So, so we don't need, we're not trying to cancel out like uh, environment's noise. We're just trying to make the music you're playing or the movie you're watching sound as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. That That's a good analogy and a good compare uh, contrast as well with the noise cancellation. That that helps me understand it a lot better. Um, so the, your 
this is not just a concept. This is actually something getting implemented. So Storm Audio, a partner already with Direct Live, is your first product that's going to be able to implement it um, in the new year. So um, that looks like that's going to just be um, a firmware update for them in the spring. And uh, is that something that the technology can be applied as a firmware update for a lot of your uh, Direct Live partners already, or is it more complicated in certain situations? No, it's it's basically that. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, none of our partners would not be able to, to do okay. that. Uh, I, I haven't, you know, checked into each uh, one of, of the uh, DSPs and so on, but um, I don't see that being a, a, a showstopper. Um, we we don't add that much complexity to to the the solution. Very good. Okay, so that so what they say is that um, Direct Live Active Room Treatment will be included at no additional fee on all Storm audio processors and AVRs ordered from January first, twenty twenty three onward, and will be made available through a firmware update in spring twenty twenty three. I guess on existing products. So that's just going to be part of their their. Uh, solution there going forward but uh yeah. purchasing a license yeah. from direct's online store is uh 299 dollars uh, um so i uh i look forward to hearing this in uh, unfortunately i won't be at a, a ces but i look forward mm-hmm. to hearing this actually demonstrated at some point because i i think that's probably the most effective way to understand how it all works but i, I do appreciate the explanation and it's been really great talking to you nilo um thanks for taking another time out to talk to me and uh, share this uh, really interesting update to our audience. Yeah, I'd be happy to, to talk again and, and uh, show it to you. Uh, if not at CS, then uh, some other point. Uh, I'm sure that will happen. Yes, I'm sure it will. We'll find we'll find a time we'll, we'll connect at some point or someone from your team. So uh, thanks again. Have a great holiday season and good luck at CES. Thank you. You too. Nilo Casimir and Ericsson is co-founder and product manager for Direct Research in Uppsala, Sweden. You can learn more about his company at direct.com. That wraps up today's show. Special thanks to Pretty Easy Podcast for producing and editing this episode. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast on your preferred platform and consider rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residential 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 Residential